0: Working in a museum in the 19th century was a hazardous occupation. In 1831, the Australian Museum's inaugural custodian, William Holmes, accidentally shot himself in the chest with his own double-barreled shotgun while collecting a cockatoo. Oh my God, I'm dead, he said before becoming so. But the demise of museum curator, Jared Kraft, some 40 years later, was more curious still.
1: i'm charles woolley and i'm kim mckay director and ceo of the australian museum we're the nation's first museum and we house the treasures of our nation and the region we're going to discover some of those today in the newly restored westpac long gallery
0: so join us in exploring the iconic astounding and curious objects that have helped shape Australia and the world as we uncover the hidden stories of 200 treasures of the Australian Museum. Amidst the joyous squawking of little children, it's raining outside and everyone's come in, the patter of tiny feet in the museum. We have come, Kim, to a quiet corner and I'm confronted by a beautiful looking, I would think it's a mahogany wooden chair, lushly upholstered in burgundy leather. It's a lovely thing, and it's Kreft's chair. Tell me about Kreft.
1: Well, Jared Kreft was the curator-director of the museum in the mid-1800s. He actually served in that role for about a 10-year period, 1864 to 1874. But Jared Kreft came to Australia because of the gold rush. So he originally uh, set out from his native Germany, via the United States, looking for gold there. Heard about the discoveries in Victoria. Came here, but he was a very good amateur zoologist.
0: But he was a scientist. He yes. was
1: a scientist, that's right. So he got a job at the so Melbourne Museum. So interested in everything.
0: Obviously geology as a gold miner, but zoology too.
1: Complete interest. And he brought that formal study of science to Australia into museums. So he worked at the Melbourne Museum and then a year later saw the light and moved north. And got a job here at the Australian Museum <laughs> as assistant curator yeah. and as often happened in those days. The curator soon died after and Creft was appointed and took over.
0: Why do I tend to think of him as the father of the museum?
1: Well, we like Because he, he wasn't here. the first. He wasn't the first, but he really introduced the formal study of science to the Australian Museum. He was the one who said, stop, we've got to stop sending all of our treasures back to Europe and the UK. We've got to keep them here for study locally. And so Kreft changed the way in which this museum then operated. And the study of science was formalised. And, of course, this got Kreft in all sorts of problems. So he was the seventh curator-director of the museum. I'm the 17th, but I see him as a bit of a guardian angel.
0: He was a Darwinian, wasn't he? He was. And in, in that time, in the establishment of New South Wales, as a whole... Of the Western world, Darwinism threatened to overturn the proper order of things, didn't it? It was revolutionary and dangerous.
1: Revolutionary dangerous and Because ex-
0: it suggested there was no God.
1: Extremely disliked, in fact, disliked by this museum. So the eleven trustees of the museum back then, and there still are only eleven, they were all creationists. And of course, here is the director, curator out there espousing Darwin's new theory of evolution, and they didn't like it. Mr. Chris,
0: don't be ridiculous. Everybody knows that the world was created just
1: 3,000 years ago at 2 o'clock on a Saturday afternoon. Well, you can imagine. You, sir, are a disgrace. (laughs) Well, you can imagine, Charlie, that uh, the trustees sitting around the table, and here we are located just directly opposite saint mary's cathedral as well in the city of sydney so a very interesting juxtaposition between the two buildings and here was jared craft pursuing darwinian theory and it created all sorts of hell to play
0: Uh, did he ever meet darwin darwin had been here
1: Darwin had been here, but they didn't meet at that time. But what they did do was they became friendly through correspondence. And we have those letters between them where Kreft would write to Darwin about his new discoveries. Because the interesting thing about Kreft, he wasn't a scientist who stayed in here in our labs. He was out in the field collecting. And he discovered and named at least 30 Australian species, species like the saltwater crocodile, the cassowary, and. In this cabinet here, if you look up, you can ex- see that extraordinary lungfish, which is, of course, that link between fossils.
0: And interestingly enough, the lungfish was called the pink burnet salmon, the burnet being the river in Queensland from which it came, but it was likened to a salmon. I suppose it has a kind of salmon shape, doesn't it?
1: It does, but it tells us that link between fossilised prehistoric creatures and land creatures today that's why the lungfish is so It's important. possible
0: to make the evolutionary assumption that uh, that when life came out of the water it uh, it had that lung capacity because this 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 animal has gills as well as one lung
1: that's right not as lung. good
0: as a south american lungfish which has two
1: that's well that what what makes our Australian lungfish so different, right? In fact, there was a story, and it is just a bit of a myth, that Kreft discovered the lungfish by eating it at a dinner party one night. And I like to tell that story, but we think we've got to debunk that I myth think,
0: now. No, I think that is quite likely, because the, the fish being called the burnet salmon, I assume it has pink flesh. Indeed. And it so... would have been a surprise to anyone who knew anything of the anatomy of a fish when they gutted it and cleaned it that it had a lung in there.
1: That's right. But you know, as I was telling you. That's a
0: eureka moment.
1: Well, we've got lots of eureka moments in this cabinet, I can tell you. Now, why is there a pig there? And a
0: lovely looking little pig, about the size of a spaniel. He's in good condition. He's got quite long hair. He has a a rather
1: charming face. He does. And little sitting up ears. That's right, and he's a piglet, and of course... And I can't see a tail. He's the educated pet pig from New Guinea. Kreft went on an expedition to Papua New Guinea, and he brought back a very similar pig to this, and it became his pet. And as we know, pigs are very intelligent creatures, said to be more intelligent than dogs even. Yes. Now, I've got to point something else out to you that's at the back here. Two women worked here botanists and artists, science illustrators, the Scott sisters, Harriet and Helena Scott. And they worked here at the time of Jared Craft, and we believe they were the first paid women artists in the colony. And these women were exquisite, scientifically accurate drawers of moths and butterflies. They had an
0: interesting life, didn't they? Their father conscripted them to do his work. That's
1: right. He, he, their father was very famous, A.W. Scott, um, he was an entomologist, and so the girls grew up drawing moths and butterflies. But they were in the, the unsung
0: heroes, the
1: illustrators. And these you, women—you have singled
0: them out and rescued them from oblivion and put them where they belong. Well,
1: we're very fortunate at the Australian Museum that we were left the Scott sisters' collection, and we have been celebrating it as part of our 190th anniversary because these women—not only do we think they were the first paid artists in the colony, but they both wrote that they wanted to go to university and study science but of course they weren't allowed to
0: no that's right and anyway it was uh, they, they were cheap labor for the uh, for the scientists who took all the credit their uh, crafts they illustrated craft's book of well, snakes they right?
1: they did in fact harriet uh did and we we think harriet had a bit of a thing for jared craft but it was not realized he ended up marrying the milkmaid on ash island where the scott sisters lived and she became mrs Kraft, and They had a couple of sons here at the museum and their descendants still live in Sydney to this day. So it
0: was unrequited love.
1: I don't but know if it was unrequited. Oh, You're I
0: think, you know, think maybe there was just something a, happened. Look, I had been thinking before accident. you told me that, uh, that what a marvellous movie, what a wonderful Australian movie the Scott Sisters will make.
1: The Scott Sisters and with Jared Kreft mm. making guest appearances, maybe. You know, the other thing I've got to tell you, you commented about Kreft's chair. Mm. Well, of course, this is the chair he was sitting on the night he was evicted from the museum. Because of the conflict between Kreft and the trustees of the museum, there was this ongoing battle. They wanted him out of the museum, so they had an inquiry into him, a government inquiry. So nothing much has changed in New South Wales in that time. And they accused him of theft. Well, there was an inquiry, and they found him not guilty of stealing anything, but what they did find him guilty of was willfully smashing a fossil jawbone. I hope it wasn't one of those diprotodon jawbones. And occasional drunkenness. And I can tell you, after a few years I've been here at the museum, <laughs> I get the occasional drunkenness. But anyway, poor old Craft didn't win. The trustees hired two prize fighters from a local bazaar. and you know, Where we're situated here is across the road from Hyde Park in Sydney. And there was a racetrack there. And in those days, wherever there was a racetrack, there were lots of nefarious characters. And there was a boxing ring. So two prize fighters were hired came over to the museum, broke down the door of the museum, and Kreft lived here on site. The curators, directors lived at the museum. He was sitting in that very chair, and they picked up the chair with him in it, carried him out and put him on William Street, and he was never allowed back in the museum.
0: Is that the way they'll get you out of the place?
1: Well, believe it or not, Charlie, it's sort of become a tradition now that when a director leaves, they are carried out on a chair. And I say, it'll take a couple of hefty blokes to do (laughs) that for me.
0: (laughs) Where will we find those prize fighters? From 18 million treasures in the Australian Museum, we've selected just 200 for you to consider. But even exploring this distillation is going to take us on a long and exciting adventure. I hope you will join Australian Museum Director Kim Mackay and myself as we continue our extraordinary odyssey through the collections of the Australian Museum. And of course you can see it for yourself in the Westpac Long Gallery at the Australian Museum in Sydney. I'm Charles Woolley. And I'm Kim McKay. We'll see you next time.